0: Outside the virtual hardwood, it's the NLC Podcast, episode number 406. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You know him in the forum as d three. He is d three eighty four on Twitter. Derek, great to talk to you again as always. And I think I've found something that will finally get you into my career in NBA 2K22.
1: No, I'm happy to be here again. Uh, I'll start this episode off by saying that's impossible
0: so you you can try you you say that but they have just released for your my player in the city crocs you can wear crocs on your feet in the city now now tell me that you're not going to stop recording this podcast right now and rush and play 2k22 my career
1: no it made me throw up in my mouth (laughs) that's what it did (laughs) no um that sounds absolutely pointless and and terrible and are crocs even that popular
0: I mean, I always thought I mean, they were, I thought they were kind of like, pace. I thought it was a joke. I thought people thought they were not stylish. I thought but they made fun of them, I thought. I, I mean, mean, as it-
1: ugly as Crocs are, as ugly as Crocs are, they're not as ugly as the, uh, what were they, they're the Yeezys, the ones that I posted. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Are, yeah, those, uh, wow. I don't even know what they were thinking when they made those. Those don't even look comfortable. They they absolutely look terrible. Crocs don't look comfortable either. But yeah, no, that's not going to get me back into uh, my career. If anything, it just tells me that NBA 2K is putting more
0: pointless stuff in their game. It really does suggest that, does it not? And... I mean, this is a bad time to bring up that Crocs is sponsoring this episode. No, (laughs) no, they're not. Uh, But of course, I go back to the tweet. I brought it up in articles. I brought it up on the show. But it's just so ridiculous now, in hindsight, that whole, this is more than a Barbie dress-up game, or this isn't a Barbie dress-up game, and now we're playing dress-up in the city or the neighborhood. It's ridiculous. And to your point, focusing on that kind of content, adding to it, striking all these deals with clothing brands and premium brands and Crocs and everything else... And yet, not paying the retired players' association the token amount that Charles Barkley would like to see, so that he will license himself for the game, or getting Rasheed Wallace in the game, or paying enough money to get Reggie Miller in the game, because he has—I was reading some comments, I was looking it up, and uh, what, what the whole situation, why he isn't in the game compared to Charles Barkley, and he has said that he doesn't feel they're adequately compensating him, or not offering adequate compensation to appear in the game. So why not spend the money on that? Rather than strike these deals with brands i mean I, I I know the reason, but that's not a good reason as far as basketball gaming is concerned it's ridiculous
1: yeah, they're being as cheap as possible when it comes to the retro content when it comes to the licenses and, you know the players being in the game and whatnot and I think that it's unfortunate because that's the history of the game, right? Those are the athletes that paid the way, paved the way for the you know players who play it today. So yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think they should be paying, you know, a lot more than they do to get these licenses and, and, and get these retired players in the game because, you know, it's, it's, it's only fair, but like you stated, you know, that's what they're going to do. They're going to put more money into the money-making modes. Um, They're going to, you know, get those sponsors and they're going to get, the big brands and all of that stuff on board and um you know what that, that's just the avenue that they've gone especially since 2k18
0: undoubtedly but that that also bothers me because you're making so much money off these players because you're getting these cards in my team these souped up cards using historical players from from a long time ago that they'll put out a, a supercharged dick barnett card right but how much money are they actually paying him or um, is,
1: is he still is still still around? Actually, I have absolutely no idea. I was about to say that. I, there's a chance that he's not, because that's a long time ago. Um, but either he or but, his,
0: his estate. I mean, are they getting anywhere near the ad- adequate compensation considering the kind of money well, they what, could make?
1: One hundred percent. Look at uh, you. Look at all the suit, like the souped-up Keith Van Horn cards, right, and stuff like that, and, and these different players. And you know, how, how much money do they bring in on my team each year? Do we know? Do we have a figure for that? Because I know that it is an incredibly popular mode.
0: It's it's way more than what they make in sales revenue. The the recurrent revenue is the moneymaker, for sure. Uh by the way, as of this recording, uh, Dick Barnett, aka Skull, uh the uh playing for Syracuse uh Lakers and of course the Knicks later on in his career, uh is still alive as of this recording, uh eighty five years young.
1: Oh, there we go. Good for Dick Barnett. But no, exactly. That's you know, they're making all of this money off of these um retired players and uh i don't you it makes me wonder do these retired players know how much they're making off of them probably not they probably just sign a paper that says hey yeah you guys can put me in the game and um then they just like forget about it so it's almost like be like taking advantage of them
0: there's a scale kind of of like actors working for scale there's a scale with the retired players association where if they're part of that agreement they will get a token amount players who are not in that like a michael jordan like a charles barkley like a like a reggie miller can then name their price and of course uh, michael jordan can probably name a price that's much higher than uh, than anybody other any other retired player naturally but yes these retired players they're just getting this token amount better than nothing obviously better better than ncaa uh, (laughs) making all that money off athletes that wouldn't get anything obviously a whole other issue there but yeah clearly they're not getting a lot of money, which is why Charles Barkley has been very firm in his stance. And and yes, they they just won't do, do the courtesy of doing that. And that would get Charles Barkley in the game, which everybody would benefit from. Everyone would like to see that. It would benefit the retired players. But but no, Crocs, because Crocs are about— that's what basketball is about, Crocs.
1: Hey, I told you. I told you about this. I said, if I was EA Sports and I was bringing back the NBA Live series, let's say they try to come back super strong for NBA Live 2023 and you know we get a fall release you know as scheduled you know next year like a following along a normal schedule a power move by ea sports would be not only to pay that money to the retired players association but to push um with this this comeback push retro content and so put a lot of retro content in the game which has been missing for so long and make Charles Barkley and Reggie Miller dual athlete cover athletes.
0: Like a legend now, how much of a power? Yeah.
1: Yeah. How much of a power move would that be for EA Sports? I mean, 2K's been taking everything from them over the years, right? For sure. How That would be a huge power move. So, you know, maybe have a regular cover, but then also have a Legends Edition cover with Charles Barkley and Reggie Miller. And if you can only get one of them, and let's say you could get Charles, you put Charles Barkley as – the cover. And that would just be a huge power move by EA Sports. And it would be one hell of a way to come back. Obviously, the game ha- would have to be sound. The gameplay would have to be really good. It would have to be have depth. And it would have to have a lot more retro content. But I just think that would be a really strong move by them. But you know what angers me more than Crocs being put in NBA 2K, Andrew? Uh, what's that? You rigging a pole. <laughs> so that we have to do an NBA Jam... 2010 or OFE tournament
0: yeah I I mean is rigged the right word or or just well I I stuffed the ballot box perhaps because I have two twitter accounts obviously that I have control of the NLSC's account at the NLSC on twitter and at Andrew NLSC on twitter uh voting in that poll yes which which I do compulsively uh so I kind of voted twice in fact I didn't kind of vote twice I absolutely voted twice so (laughs) that that is that is that is on me but but you know what jam is a great game so it could be worse. I, 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 no, I, I, could, I could have cast my vote for Bart versus the Space Meetings. that tournament.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could have put it but like, yeah, you could have written in a vote.
0: <laughs> NBA Live, um, NBA like live 07.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, that game will never have a tournament. I swear. Um, but no, like, so just <laughs> who so can last understand. the longest
0: playing Live 07? It's just this an endurance, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's an endurance thing. Nobody would make it past the second round. Trust me.
0: Um, That's but.
1: So so for this vote, um, just so people know how close it was and why I brought that up. So I think it was NBA Jam. It was NBA Jam versus NBA Street Volume 2 is the the top two vote getters. And NBA Jam won, I think it was 42% to 38%. And I voted from my other account for NBA Jam. So I only voted once. But I'm allowed to vote, right? I put out the poll, but I'm allowed to vote. I'm in the community. Um, You know what? Sue me. And Andrew voted twice for jam so that's three votes between me and andrew so we probably tipped it in jam's direction there probably would have been street volume two if we didn't do that
0: well but we're we're gonna do both eventually so it's it's really it's the next one isn't it it's not like we're we're only gonna do the winner of this poll so that's my that's my defense
1: yeah but you voted twice anyway so the point is is that the next nlsc basketball tournament Will probably be on NBA Jam 2010 or NBA Jam on Fire Edition. I'm not sure if we're going to do like straight up head to head or if we're going to do, you know, four people on the screen at the same time. So four connected at the same time, like me and Andrew or Andrew and I, excuse me, versus you know two other NLSE members and then like that's how all those um, rounds go that would be a lot harder to do because everybody has different schedules and lives in different parts of the world ideally that's how I would like to do it but we'll probably end up just doing head-to-head like one player versus one player
0: and that will work that'll work fine it it, it would be great as you say if we could do the the two-on-two because that was so much fun when we did that with Emoli uh, and Q but but yeah sh- uh, scheduling is is definitely an issue there
1: No, it really is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just glad we can do it. And, you know, Cavs4872 actually reached out to me tonight, but I was unavailable to play because I'm recording the podcast, but he wanted to start our final series. So hopefully we can get some games in this coming week um, and, you know, finish up the NBA Live 10 tournament and I can post those highlights because I feel like people really like looking at those highlights and, you know, revisiting NBA Live 10 that way, even if they can't play it.
0: No, NBA Live 10 has had a bit of a resurgence this year, certainly for us, but you can see the reactions to those highlights that other people are saying, hey, this looked really good. And again, have asked the questions that we have so many times, why didn't they build on this? And going back and playing it and enjoying it. And I think that's something that we really uh, appreciate that they've joined us on this journey of revisiting old games, because you and I have done it a lot. Uh, I've really gotten back into it after I've gotten away from my career. As much as the lore of Crocs uh, has me thinking of getting back into it, no, no, it doesn't. But revisiting all these games, not all games resonate with everybody. Obviously, uh, a Live O Seven <laughs> doesn't. Uh, Live O six Six is not for everybody. Uh, even some of the two uh, Ks around the turn of the uh, late two thousands, early twenty tens. You know, not everybody can go way back as we do. But we have seen a lot of people uh, really take to it and, and be in you know, credit to us for inspiring them to go back, which is. Uh, you know, very humbling to hear and uh, oh, shout out to vf baller who, who put out a video uh, i was about to say a very nice video um with some very nice comments and, and you know we're very flattered and you know that's what we try to do in our community to to critique but also to celebrate and, and, to, and to enjoy games and, and and point out issues when there's problems with them but no i, I was very uh, touched by those words so you know shout out to you vf
1: i was feeling the love um vf baller um he did a stream um for his podcast and it's called first in frame rates and um it was about a 17 to 18 minute video and it was about how much he enjoys the NLSC and our content um and how we talk about basketball video games and how we're fair and um you know how we you know encourage people to go back and play some of the classics and whatnot and it was just a really really Nice message, and it's just a really nice thing to hear, and it's motivating. So, um, you know, thank you, and and thank you for being a a regular contributor to the top 10 as well. We actually had a great top 10 this week, I thought, one of the best ones. Um, So many different, uh, such a variety of games. We had NBA Live 06 in there, a dunk by Jason Richardson. We had NBA in the Zone 99 with a dunk Damon Stoudemire could never do in the NBA, even though he was mighty mouse and he was fantastic, but it was a posterizing three sixty one handed slam. Um, and you know, the second dunk on that for at B ball video games was an Isaiah Ryder dunk, which was also another loud poster. We had NBA live 2001, a true full court heave from those two NBA live 2001, crazy guys, Roger Ward and Nate Stasho. And that made the number one spot for this week. So, yeah, another NBA Live 2001 highlight. I mean, we had NBA 2K19. We had NBA Live 10. Just such a variety of games and great highlights. And I just really look forward to putting it together every week and, like, showing off these plays. It's just been a lot of fun. And, yes, VF Baller, thank you for being a regular contributor.
0: Absolutely. And I love getting the the video from you and, and seeing what actually made the cut this week. I actually shot a two K seventeen video along to you that I found in my archives uh, over the past uh, few days, which which made it in there the, the Ron Harper uh, bad timing, <laughs> bad shot quality fling that just went in from near half court after a broken play. It uh, yeah I'd forgot about that one. I was uh, I was moving some recent recordings into my uh, to my archives and because I I finally got around to organizing all of the uh, all of the old videos and screenshots for the older games. I started doing, doing that in 2K19 and Live19, and then look a couple of months ago said, you know what? I'm sick of going through a big folder of videos and, uh, and screenshots. I'll do the same organization that I've done for the later game. So that took a, a day to do, to organize all that. But I found that one, and I sent it along, and it's, uh, it's, it's fun. I, I do have some more highlights that I'll have to send along to you like that. And to that point, I mean, certainly anything from your recent sessions, people send that along to Derek. But if you've got something cool in the archives, don't be shy about sending that along as well.
1: Yeah, please use your archived great highlights and send them over because I know for some of you, they're just kind of like sitting maybe on an external drive or they're just sitting in a folder that you never go into anymore. Um, But there's a lot of people out there that would actually love to see them. You know what I mean? Like people really like these highlights in the top 10 and whatnot. And, you know, I'll go back sometimes and I'll dig and I'll dig a highlight, dig out a highlight from something one of my brothers did. Um, I've done that before and put it in the top 10 a great highlight is a great highlight it's the top 10 plays of the week it doesn't mean that it happened that week you know what i mean so um yeah definitely send those along if you have them
0: and of course i mean dunks are always great Uh, i'm always thinking now of trying to send things along like that half-court fling because i know i send you a lot of dunks but i'm also looking through my archives and also when i have a session of uh, a new session with a game and get uh, some footage from that uh, also thinking about the highlights. Like, there's there's so many things. Again, look at that top play this week uh, from from Roger and Nate. That that full court fling, that stuff. That the, the crazy stuff, the wild shots, game winners. We've had some some great ones as well. Uh, the Live King sending along that uh, Damian Lillard a game winner a couple of weeks ago. I mean, all, all that stuff is great. If it's a spectacular moment on the virtual hardwood, then uh, yeah, we we would love to uh, to feature that.
1: In that NBA Two K 9 1st half highlight reel that um, you retweeted. And, you know, people got to take a look at that I posted on Twitter. There's a layup in there where I drive hard left and Julius Irving gets hit and he does this acrobatic no-look layup. That's a top 10 play right there. That looks amazing. So, like, Yeah. yeah, it doesn't always need to be a dunk. It can be, you know, an acrobatic layup. Um, it can be like a ridiculous basket and file, you know, stuff like that. You know, she should take a shot from the floor and it goes in. We've had one of those before. And that was, um, MP, uh, three, our buddy, Mike, who submitted that one as well. And I think that was on two K 17 from him. So yeah, you know, it doesn't always need to be a dunk. So it was nice to throw those in there this week. Um, you know, the shot that you made with Ron Harper right inside half court from two K 17 at the buzzer of the shot clock. And then, obviously, the number one play, which was the full court shot
0: that went in. And, of course, defensive plays as well. I mean, if, you, if you're playing with some retro rosters and you block Shaq with Muggsy Bogues, I, I think that's going to rank pretty high in the top ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a block that made the number one play. It was from NBA Street Volume 2, and a three-point shot went up, and Shaq trapped it on the top of the glass right that's a top 10 i mean that's easily a top 10 play if not the number 1 play of the week in some weeks so yeah blocks you know good defensive plays great blocks etc
0: obviously you and i are playing uh, some older games uh, recently you are always tweeting out from the uh, uh deep 3 gaming at uh, deep 3 g on twitter of course that reel that you mentioned uh 2k9 uh yeah i haven't spent as much time with 2k9 uh, i do have it on multiple platforms including pc i had a slightly easier time getting it on pc than you did you've talked about that story before but yeah it's a it's a game that i think we overlook and it's a, it's a, a special game as well a significant game being the first 2k on pc
1: it was the first 2k that my brother and i got in my brother nick and i got incredibly deep into a season i mean we got Almost sixty games into a season, twelve-minute quarters, playing every game against each other, with me using the Nuggets and him using the Celtics, and um, of course we were using the default roster in the game. So I ended up having um, Allen Iverson on the Nuggets too, which is like my favorite Nuggets team. It's the Nuggets with, you know, Iverson and Melo and Martin and Nene and and whatnot. So. You know, I was going back and forth playing 2K9 and 2K10, and I know that 2K10's the more popular title, and, you know, Kobe was on the front, etc. Um, 2K10 has an incredibly memorable soundtrack. Uh, you know, the graphics did get a bit of an improvement as well from 2K9, but I got to tell you, the gameplay is just a lot looser overall on NBA 2K9, and I find myself enjoying playing it a bit more. It seems like there's a little bit more of an animation variety um a little bit more control of the player, less gravity issues where like in NBA 2K ten, there's a lot of being sucked into the ball handler or sucked into different players and whatnot. So yeah, I, I was, you know, playing 2K9, and I was putting together those highlights and I'm like, man, this game has some awesome animations and yeah, I can't wait to get up the floor and try another move and whatnot. So yeah, it's an impressive release for 2K sports. I think it's it's very
0: underrated, to be honest. Just as Live was struggling at that time in the mid to late two thousands, of course it did bounce back with 09 and especially ten. You could see two K going from strength to strength. They did overtake Live in sales, obviously, and the the gameplay was becoming a bit more accessible. I do prefer later two K titles that have the right stick dribbling, but I have found that I can go back and enjoy those games a lot more now that I've really shed some, maybe some of those leftover Live fanboy feelings from the uh, you know growing up as an NBA Live gamer. And, and really getting getting used to that 2K style and the feel. I can enjoy those games a bit more, though I do miss the, the right stick dribbling controls in those old games. I was messing around a little bit with 2K7 uh, over the past 24 hours, just getting mostly getting some screenshots, but also just getting a feel for it, because I do want to go back and cover some of those games in Wayback Wednesday in 2022, because I've, I've covered a lot of uh, NBA Live games for the 25th anniversary of NBA Live. I do cover 2K and other games in Wayback Wednesday, these past uh, five or six years that i've been running that uh wow five or six years (laughs) that i've been doing that those features but i I do want to go back and spend some more time with those games because those were games kind of your 2k6 to 2k8 era that i tried to get into i I really tried but just couldn't really warm up to them even as nba live was struggling of course i had the pc releases that i was modding for nba live so that kept me busy and and occupied uh, playing and, and modding those but I'd love to get back to those games and, pl- and spend more time with them. And, of course, we can do that as well together over Parsec.
1: Yeah. You know, isn't it crazy that it took EA Sports, excuse me, 2K Sports, so long to adopt that right-stick dribbling? So NBA Live 2003, boom, right-stick dribbling. Good feeling right-stick dribbling out of the gate, too, for the EA Sports NBA Live series. And then 10 years it took for 2K to put it in the NBA 2K series. That's wild to me. Ten years of the ISO motion dribbling. So, yeah, I, I don't, um, you know, you know, I go back and I play NBA Live 09 and NBA Live 10, and then I play 2K9 and 2K10, and that's the one thing that really stands out with the live games that I really enjoy a lot more, is that, you know the control over the ball handling you definitely have more control over the moves that you string together um you know you can make quicker moves as a result etc so um you know good for ea sports but I, st- I can't believe it took 2k sports that long a decade to implement right stick dribbling
0: it is very unusual because they were taking some ideas from from live as much as people say that live didn't have any good ideas at they did come up with some and, and 2K rightfully borrowed them and in many cases made them better, the franchise gaming being a, an example. Of course, that was something that was probably already going to be always going to be in the pipeline and EA just got their first in Live 2000. But nevertheless, Association and the subsequent modes have done it so much better than Franchise or, or Dynasty in Live. But yeah, it, it is strange. Do you think it was just because Isomotion was, that was a 2K thing? like that was, that was their identity of their controls and they had the shot stick, which Live didn't and Live was doing things like the three shoot buttons in 07, which was a flop. Do you think it was just, you know, we're 2K and we have isomotion and this is our approach to things? And do you think it was that? Or do you think it was kind of bringing in those last Live people, the the people who were holding on to Live and not really warming up to 2K, like myself, I guess, that they just kind of said, okay, we're going to bring in this idea and really just dominate the the market?
1: I mean, it, it could be part stubborn, part pride. I guess, Mm, you know, like, like this is our thing. And, um, you know, we can make this great. And if you remember correctly, they made some adjustments from NBA 2K 11 and NBA 2K 12. Um, they, they made the dribbling more, robust in NBA 2K12 over 2K11. You could do more with it um, by holding down the left bumper and doing moves and then holding down the left bumper and the right bumper um, at the, you know, at the same time. And then you have a whole different set of moves and stuff. So they were still expanding on that ISO motion dribbling quite a bit right before they got that right stick dribbling. So from 2K11 to 2K12. So um, it could be a stubborn thing. It could be a pride thing. Uh, It could be, uh, hey, we want to get the most out of this before we drop it, and here's some new ideas where we can implement it and make it better. Um, Or maybe they hung on to it for too long. I don't know. I mean, clearly NBA 2K11 and 2K12 didn't suffer popularity-wise. No. You know, because of that, they were um, two of the most popular releases ever for – the series um, especially 2k11 but yeah I, I just, it just still surprises me because you know it worked so well for EA Sports and it was such a good thing for control for the user I do want to say though I was playing NBA Live 2002 tonight um I shared a uh Jordan Wizards play where you know I uh size up and up fake kobe kobe jumps i drive by kobe i cross over samaki walker and then i kobe gets back into the play but then i posterize him um with a two-handed jam and you know you really miss not only that right stick dribbling but that 2k iso motion control when you play a game like nba live 2002 because the game is so basic and so limited with its dribbling. You only have like really simple, you can't really go anywhere with it dribbles, like basic between the legs when you're, you know, by pushing like the square button. And then if you're if you're using PlayStation uh, or X, I believe, if you're playing on, uh, you know, Xbox. Uh, and then you have the spin move with the triangle button, but that's basically it, right? That's all you have for like your creativity and you know you really miss not that live 2002 doesn't have its moments but you really do miss that extra control that you got from the right stick dribbling from the old the you know nba live 2003 and up and then the iso mission uh, iso motion dribbling on
0: 2k you really do and you need to have that depth even in the basics the the fundamental controls of of a basketball game if you don't have that control that we're so used to now you really do miss it because you're relying on the game to give you the right animation, contextually, which which sometimes it does. And that clip you shared of two thousand two, obviously the sixty frames per second really enhanced it for a start, playing on the on the uh, emulator. But just everything about that move the the jab step, the drive when Kobe bo- bit on the fake, and then just that it gave you just the right crossover to get past uh, Samaki Walker. It looked fantastic, and and obviously your input is is well timed as well. But there are so many times playing that game where it won't give you the right animation. You'll spin in the wrong way, or it'll pull out the the wrong, uh, you know, hezzy move or something like that. And, yeah, and and just take you in the wrong direction or or just straight into the defender. But that was just, it was just perfect. And it it looked great. And it's, it's funny that these old games, when everything works properly like that, and you throw in the 60 frames per second, can look pretty awesome.
1: That'll be in the top 10 this week. Just to let you know that, Clearly, that play. Yeah. I just wanted to get it out. I mean, it's, it's definitely a top ten play. Um, but how many times do you need to, in NBA Live 2001 and 2002, how many times do you need to drive to the hoop and go into that one-handed floater when you don't intentionally do want to before you, you know, want to basically throw your video game system out the window? Like, How many times does that need to happen where you drive and it forces you into a floater because you're trying to take off for a dunk? And you have to like pass out of it or you end up behind the backboard just that was just not well implemented by the series at the time
0: it it wasn't but i have gone back and i've discovered something that i, I just never really used the direct shoot controls back in the day and i was playing with them i was was it live 98 or maybe no live 2000 actually and i was actually making use of direct shoot for pretty much the first time and i did notice that if you were holding down direct shoot and you press the right buttons, it won't go into the floater or, or that leaning jump shot. It won't trigger the shot if you're out of the the trigger zone. And I found myself really taking the attempts that I wanted to by using direct shoot and realizing, man, I really overlooked this control back in the day.
1: Yeah, but you can't dunk or lay up with direct shoot.
0: Oh yeah, in 2000 you can. Yeah, live 2000, uh, by holding it, you can force a hook shot or an up and under layup or a dunk. Yeah, it actually it gives you more control. I, I never knew because I kind of like overlooked it back in the day. But it, it's actually... I have to go back. will have to go yeah, back. Yeah, go back and play those games and you make use of direct shoot because I just completely overlooked that mechanic. Like the drive button in 98 PC, and I believe it's PlayStation as well. These are these mechanics that somehow I just didn't make enough use of back in the day. And I realized that there's yeah. actually more depth than I thought. And you can avoid those those bad floaters that being said if you don't use that mechanic you will absolutely get those bad leaders and floaters
1: you know what i think they did an amazing job with on ncaa march madness Uh, excuse me ncaa basketball 09 they had two buttons they had your shoot button and then they had your dunk button and just the way it was implemented and the way it was structured on your controller so like the input structure just made sense It just made so much sense because what happens if I remember correctly on NCAA basketball Oh nine, you can still shoot with the dunk button. So it will still let you shoot. Yeah. But then that's your dunk button, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Right. Right. And then you have your shoot button. That is only your shoot button. Like you can't dunk with it. Is that correct?
0: Uh, That's right. Uh, Live Live at did it as well. Yeah. And, and, at basketball and i did it NCAA basketball right did it. Yeah. exactly Both and it's just it, yeah. so it was so well implemented
1: and it was just easy to like go in there and then stop like 10 feet from the hoop and take a shot if you wanted to or fade away um and then you knew you know the button you wanted to use when you attack the hoop etc i just i i love the control on that and when i was playing ncaa basketball nine uh, uh, ncaa basketball nine and i was revisiting it with you and whatnot i was like these controls are awesome i just
0: really enjoyed the controls compare that to like a like an 08 for example where you hit the wrong one and suddenly you're putting up a floater from three-point range because you've forgotten that that's no longer that wasn't the shoot button then and and unfortunately what was the dunk layout button at the time is now the shoot button in newer games so you're hitting it out of habit so that's why when we were playing 08 if you recall i was putting up quite a few floaters Uh, that wasn't me getting angry at the game that was me forgetting the controls <laughs> completely and, and putting up floaters uh, which was was a problem with those games but like you said once it got to o- the o- 09 games that it would have that contextual jump shot realizing no they probably don't want to put up a shot they don't want to don't want to try a dunk from the three-point line they are trying for a jump shot that it would uh, contextually be be contextually appropriate i should say so no i, I do remember that from o- 09 and then playing march uh NCAA basketball o- 09 several years later, seeing it there as well. Definitely a great move. And it's these little things like that in the control that, that it's contextually appropriate or you have the right level of control that, you know, it's just such a fundamental part of basketball games or any games. You know, the Controls need to be solid, of course, but you can really tell that that is a staple of bad basketball games. And we've talked about the staples of bad basketball games before, that they have weird and clunky controls. Like that. that is pretty much every bad basketball game you play or very flawed basketball game you play has very clunky and contrived controls
1: right no 100 percent. i said that about um courtside 2002 i think the controls could have been a lot better great graphics some really good animations but the controls were pretty poor uh, and it made it really tough to play but yeah that's the thing with ncaa basketball 09 it was the fact that you know how there's always that takeoff point in video games and basketball video games so you'll be like 14 feet or 15 feet from the basket in a, in NBA two K or, you know, maybe some of the old EA sports games as well. And you'll like get, if you push the shoot button, you're dragged into a layup or dunk or into a defender and it's like i did not want to do that i wanted to pull up
0: the uh and what in- the gather zone by the trigger gather zone yeah. yeah
1: Right, exactly and with nba ncaa basketball 09 what they did was they said okay well if you don't want to hit that shoot slash dunk button and get dragged to the hoop when you don't want to be in the gather zone then you can you have another button which is easily accessible in the right location where you can say, you know what? It will shoot no matter what. So I can take that 14 footer. I can take that 11 footer. I can fade if I want to. And it was just a great way to, you know, and that's one of the reasons why also I want to use that game for, our March Madness tournament because I just feel like the controls are so good and you have so much control over the action. And sure, the game's not perfect, and sure, sometimes the animations can be a little bit clunky and whatnot. But the game has great control and it's fun.
0: It's funny that we don't really have that ability in modern games. I know we're using the buttons for the all the pass controls, which worked quite well, and we've got the the pro stick in 2K, which also has its uses but you still have that gather and trigger zone that you don't always get that shot that you that you want unless you hit that trigger that left trigger to come to a dead stop in 2k so it's that it's that extra control so we've kind of got it but it doesn't feel quite as intuitive as those old games ironically
1: it really doesn't um and uh, it's it's more it's more about the button placement and you know, how well it works and, you know, how good the players stop anyway. Like how, you know, do they stop well on a dime? Um, Are you going to end up where you want to be, et cetera, when you take the shot? But um, yeah, anyway, I wanted to, you know, bring up that live 2002 highlight because I did play a game against the computer. It was the wizards versus the Lakers. Shaq killed me. Um, He was just dunking all over me. And while I think that game definitely has a lot of issues, it's not one of my favorite lives um in the series it definitely has its moments and that was one of the good moments
0: no i i definitely agree i, I feel the same about 2002 I, I played the hell out of that back in the day played a, a franchise with the kings uh got about 60 games through and ended up simulating uh, recreating it later many years later and getting some closure on it because i but by the time i i finished or by the time i got to that point in the, in the season uh, high school was wrapping up and there was other thing and live 2003 was coming out so i was moving on to that because, of course, playing the twelve-minute quarters, uh, as, I, as I like to do in the 82 games. So uh, I didn't get through the season, by, and then lost the save, uh, unfortunately, uh, because, of course, PlayStation 2 had the uh, the 8 megabyte uh, memory cards, so you ended up deleting things to make space. Oh, I'm never going to play that game again. I'm moving on to a new one. <laughs> yeah, then years later, you realize you wish you still had those old saves that you had at the time. Nevertheless, I didn't... Yeah,
1: cool. Corrupt memory cards. What a terrible memory! Oh, that
0: too. Yeah, yeah. Lots of problems with that. So I did recreate that. I got some closure on it. It was fun, but but I did play the hell out of that back in uh, circa two thousand one, two thousand two, and yeah, it as you say, it does have those issues. Uh, Some of them are issues of the time. It has some unique issues. Uh, you, You don't jump for defensive rebounds in that game. You get them flat footed. Yeah, do not jump for
1: rebounds ever. Yeah, you know if somebody's the opponent's at the free throw line. And, you know, let's say Shaq's at the free throw line, and you know that there's a good chance that it's going to miss. Um, don't jump. Walk into the ball. Yep. Walk where you think it's going to land, because it is possibly the worst rebound mechanics in basketball game his in simulation basketball game history. It really do not is, jump.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was right. kind of like that in 2001 as well. You, you don't get it as much in user versus user, but you definitely see it against the CPU, and the CPU will just get a ridiculous amount of offensive boards if you do that. But you brought up Shaq. Uh, Shaq once dropped 73 points on me in 12 and a quarters in that game. Uh, he he, he was, He's a beast. You, he is unstoppable in that game.
1: Yeah, I'm in there. I'm in the paint. And I'm jumping at the right time to try to block him. And he is just absolutely pummeling me and throwing down two-handed hammers. And, and you know what? It was kind of cool, to be honest with you. Like, it almost felt cool to be helpless next trying to guard Shaq because that's pretty realistic. That's pretty serious, that yeah. powerful um, Shaq that was just dominating everybody um but at the same time i was just like oh my god i hope i can win this game i did end up pulling it out right at the end but uh yeah he was a handful kobe didn't do too much to me
0: but shaq was killing me well you've still got that position domination at the time as well and and shaq in particular as as the go-to guy with the ratings uh did tend to yeah he got the most touches and as soon as he got into the paint yeah you uh you could foul because, of course, you got the hand check button, so you could try and send him to the line. But then, if you don't get the rebound, then it just bounces back to him, and he goes in for another dunk anyway. So it's uh, he, yeah, he was tough. He was it's one of the most dominant perform- video game performances consistently, I think, in the hands of the CPU. And of course, you can do it yourself if you're using the Lakers. You can just tear up the uh, opponent with Shaq.
1: Still though, 33. You know, one kid- at one kidney, kidney um, on Twitter. You know, who's in charge of the 2K19 rosters? Yes. We need to have a talk. So my brother and I are playing NBA 2K19 in my league, and we're using the 89-90 roster. And this this roster is just amazing. Um, I did some conversions for it, um, and I believe a few, a few of the faces I created are in it. But the guys that, you know, Calvin Chan, who made the cyber faces, um, Peaceman Not, who did the jerseys, um, I think Sticky Fingers did some of the courts. And Stildo 33 puts it all together. And Hornets on Fire also did the ratings. So I have to talk to him. So we're, we're, we're having a blast. I'm eight and nine with the Trailblazers because Kevin Duckworth and Buck Williams feel useless. That's, I'll, I'll have a talk with Stildo off the air about that. Um, but my brother is using the Spurs. This is the rookie version of David Robinson. He is 18 and 0 in this season because David Robinson is the most unstoppable force in video game history. And we need to have a we need to have a talk. We need to look at those tendencies, we need to look at those ratings because right now my brother is dropping about in I think 36 minutes a game something like that. I think he's dropping 40 points, 30 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals and 8 blocks a game with David Robinson. Eight or nine blocks a game, shooting about seventy percent from the floor. I can't stop him. The last game I just played with against him tonight, uh, I think he dropped sixty points and twenty rebounds on me. So I'm doing everything I can. I was using the Hawks. I'm throwing Kevin Willis and Moses Malone at him. I'm you know I'm putting my hands straight up. I'm jumping jumping for blocks at the right times. All this stuff. He is just absolutely crushing me. So you know, I've played basketball game video games almost my entire life. So literally about 30 years, over 30 years of basketball gaming. And I don't think I have ever played a more unstoppable player than David Robinson and 2K19 on these rosters. He is just
0: an absolute nightmare to deal with. I mean, the Admiral was a hell of a player, obviously, but yeah, maybe those numbers are slightly inflated. Those are some Live 95 numbers. Well, Live 95 Super Nintendo, because, of course, he was All-Star Center in uh, live 95 bc or, or indeed replaced by moses malone in the starting lineup for the for the spurs because he was uh, exclusive to nba action that year but no that's that's quite a, a video game performance by uh, by the admiral there and uh and maybe a little bit more dominant than he was uh, as a rookie anyway but oh my god uh, stop he went 30 for 39 from the field yeah that's, that's tough
1: that's, that's tough. That's a lot yeah against the hawks team and i i played good defense i played many people on the on the discord um and whatnot from the nlsc and i play i play good and i can't stop him i just can't do anything about him and that spurs team is good i mean they have rod strickland they have terry cummings they have sean elliott um they have willie anderson they they have a big lineup a strong lineup a really talented lineup and a good bench as well and they almost beat the trailblazers in the playoffs that year if you remember correctly and i believe they lost in seven games so but yeah i mean i gotta have a talk with him is that's just unacceptable i have no idea it's just it's ridiculous i gotta beat him though he's against Akeem next game and the last time i played against him with Akeem i think i lost by two so you know maybe the rockets and Akeem can take him down next game i don't know
0: i was, I was gonna say if anybody's gonna take down the admiral and the spurs it's got to be Hakeem's uh, rockets for sure some great work obviously on those rosters from everybody involved are working on the going backwards and forwards. Of course, I, I think uh, is it 86, sevens next and uh 94, 95 or is it 87, 88 and 94,
1: 95? No, they've already done 87, 88. Okay. We're working on 86, 87 and then 94, 95. And that's what's super exciting is. So 94, 95, they're putting the finishing touches on that. And in January, that's our goal. Um, Stildo, 33 and I, so still the 33 from the NLSC is going to where we're going to start a my league over Parsec. Um, I'm going to have him host and I'm going to be, we're going to do a 94, 95 season and it's going to be me with the Celtics. So with Dominique Wilkins, uh, Dino Raja and whatnot, the team that lost to Orlando in the first round of the playoffs. And he'll probably end up using Orlando because he was a, monumental huge Shaq fan um Shaq and Penny fan um from back in the day so um yeah that's going to be really exciting we're going to play the whole my league over Parsec you guys are going to get a lot of highlights I'm sure there's going to be a lot of top 10 plays that make the make the countdown so that's going to be a lot of fun
0: I'm I'm looking forward to it and and 94 95 it's one of those seasons and I have mentioned this in a Friday five that it kind of doesn't get it's kind of overlooked, which is strange because it was such an eventful year. There's some play. There's some familiar faces in unusual places, in strange places, like a, like a Dominic Wilkins in Boston. You've got MJ's comeback. You've got the Rockets with their two years of dominance.
1: Jo- yeah, Draxler joins the Rockets in 94, 95.
0: Big news, so. yeah. B- big movement, <laughs> and yeah, you, you kind of I, I default to like a ninety five ninety six roster because that's those are the t- that's the time when I really got into basketball with the with the ball, with Jordan's comeback and the Bulls being back on top but that 93 94 and 94 95 i feel are kind of underrepresented because they were kind of transitional years and seemed to be even more transitional years because it appeared that mj was gone for good and then he came back of course in 95 but some really interesting stuff happened during the the two during the back-to-back rockets championship years that that i think would be really fun to play with And, and for a lot of us older gamers who love these retro rosters because they represent the time that we started, around about the time we started watching or very early on in our fandom, it really takes us back to the early days of that fandom and basketball gaming as well and, and playing those licensed games. I mean, you played the uh, Tecmo, Super NBA Basketball, uh, etc. But kind of that, that, that rise of NBA Live in the mid-90s is that that, uh, that period in the NBA. Live 95 for 16-bit was the 394 rosters final 93 and 94 rosters they updated to 95 with all the class of 94 rookies on pc so yeah it really takes you back to that time of not just the nba but also your some of your earliest or very formative years of basketball gaming and getting becoming a sim gamer and that kind of stuff so i, I love seeing those rosters those seasons rather uh, recreated in roster mods i love it it's
1: amazing and 94 95 in the nba just had so much talent
0: like so there's so, so much many character groups, you know. yeah
1: yeah. And, you know, Jordan coming back just makes it even more memorable, obviously, even though he only came back for 17 games in the regular season. And then um, obviously they got taken out by the Orlando Magic in the playoffs, which is a formidable fo- for nothing to feel bad about there because that Orlando Magic team was just absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I you know, I I'm really looking forward to it. I have a feeling that 2022 is just going to be a really good year for Basketball gaming between my Parsec connections with you, um, sessions with you, my Parsec sessions with uh, Stilo 33 um, doing that season, maybe connecting with King J Mace on NBA 2K22 um, to play streetball mod a little bit more. Uh, There's just a lot of different, you know, the gaming with my brothers and everything in our seasons on 2K17, 2K19, uh, 2K16. I think it's just going to be a really good year in 2022 for basketball gaming
0: it is especially when you don't limit yourself to the latest release which is and i'm not saying i'm not saying don't play 2k22 because i have not shelved it completely as i said last week Uh, i will be spending more time with it as as you are but opening yourself up to these other games and, and going back and playing one that you haven't spent as much time with for me being those 2ks from the mid 2000s and late 2000s and even 2k17 which i played a thousands of hours on in my career uh, i mentioned this last week how fresh it is to go back and be playing the more traditional gameplay from my the uh, broadcast angle huh, broadcast yes i do like to play broadcast when i'm controlling all five players it works for me uh I- i've recently been really enjoying playing with the, the all-time college dlc and i don't know why because i'm not the biggest college basketball fan i, I respect it, but it's never really been uh, at the forefront of my basketball fandom or and of course couldn't really play the games growing up either because they're north american exclusives but I, i've just really been enjoying playing with those teams and they're just mixes of 10 teams that are in the game that you can use in my career and i'm thinking actually you know you, you've been having some issues uh overriding them for uh, in in, you, in the ultimate classic teams roster yeah yeah I, i'm guessing it's because they are tied to my career and i'm guessing if you override them it That's doesn't awesome. it does, does, doesn't I, like that
1: yeah, that's probably why it crashes when I try to bring them into my league. Even though I changed the team type, um, yeah. it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem to work. I do have to say though, I really enjoyed your 2021 Retro Kicks. So these were the these were the four Retro Kicks for Andrew in 2021. NBA Live 06, NBA Live 10, NBA 2K14 and NBA 2K17. So two live games, two 2K games games stretched out um over a decade between each other at least so NBA Live 06 to NBA 2K17 and it's just been really cool to see how into these games you got so you're you're super into the college um you know college to college team DLC from NBA 2K17 you played my career all the way through my career on NBA 2K14 and just had a blast. We had a ton of NBA Live 10 sessions. You participated in the tournament, and um, we've just had a lot of fun with that game. Uh, even did like raw. You did a roster work and saved this big roster that you were working on for our sessions. And then obviously NBA Live 06 for the 360. You know your '98 Bulls recreation and you know the sessions that we had, and then all your games versus the computer. Just, it's been a really good year for retro kicks for you. And I think that's probably been really refreshing for you.
0: It really has. And and I'll throw on Fire Edition in there as well, NBA Jam on Fire Edition.
1: Oh, yeah, I have to throw that in there. Um, And you got me into that a little bit more as well. And we've had a ton of sessions on that. And we got me up to, like, level 30 or 30-plus there. Um, Yeah, so NBA Jam on Fire Edition you got back into. And, you know, you played that a lot this year as well. So, yeah, it's been a good year for you
0: it really has and again i'm i'm not going to say that i didn't enjoy in my my time with my career in the connected modes because i obviously wouldn't be playing them and spending that much time with them if i wasn't getting some kind of satisfaction out of them but i think after i i kind of peaked with 2k19 when i got a player into the hall of fame i finally managed to get to the hall of fame see that cutscene, feel that sense of accomplishment really should have moved on in 2k20 but but didn't still still did it out of habit i knew how to grind it was it was addictive you get and you also get that and i've said this in, in an article before and, and on the podcast i believe but you get that immediate uh sense of satisfaction with my career because you've got the that's a little bit of progress is made after every game uh which which i guess you do in franchise modes as well you a win is a win and you move on to the next game in the season but you know you level up your player you get some vc you get some badge progress so every, every little bit of of the game goes to something so you can see a tangible result on top of winning and statistics obviously so once you realize that you're addicted to that and kind of put that aside and then but then you realize just how, how it drives you to to just spend so many hours just to get your player or your squad in my team to a viable point point. And, and look if people enjoy that grind I, i'm not saying don't do it but if you are finding like i did that it was getting a bit too much and that you're You're logging on every day after, out of habit to get the daily bonus, which is a good way of doing things if you want to grind. But if you're realizing you're just doing it out of obligation rather than excitement or enjoyment, it's time to put it aside and play something else. Uh, I do have that my NBA there with the Bulls in 2K22 Next Gen that I can pick up at any time. But going back and exploring these games in my collection, uh, playing some old favorites in new ways getting some new favorites and new appreciation for them has definitely been a, a very rewarding experience in, uh, in 2021. And, and I'm with you. I think 2022 is going to continue along that line. And, and to VF Paul's point, we want to celebrate those games. We will uh, crit- uh, critique them <laughs> ret- retroactively and we will always cover the latest game and, and play it and suggest ways that the, the uh, basketball gaming can improve moving forward. But search out the fun with basketball gaming. Search out the fun on the virtual hardwood. And if that means going back to an old game, you know, by all means do so. That being said, with 2K20, with its service shutting down, make sure you grab the content while you can.
1: Yeah, definitely try to grab um, those rosters. And, you know, there's a lot of good ones in the modding community that we've already um, discussed on prior podcasts. So make sure that you're on the NLSC um, searching out those roster names so you can easily download them from the server before it gets shut down and whatnot. Um, I will say one uh, another thing about that. Think about how you would want to spend your time. Would you want to spend your time doing that grind and, you know, feeling obligated to log on when you really don't have to just to get a daily bonus, Um, you know, spend more time grinding than actually having fun or, you know, spending that time that you would be grinding, connecting with people on Parsec or exploring these old. T- these older titles that you really enjoyed at the time and starting a season on them or, or jumping in and, and doing some r- r- fun roster work on them, uh, etc that's the way I look at it. Like use your time the way you want to.'t don't, don't like don't do something because you feel you have to do it. And I feel like that's the way people are on NBA 2K, the newer 2Ks and you know the way the younger crowd feels that it has to be. It's like you know, ugh, I have to be on here doing this. You know what I mean I, I have to like, level up
0: I, you know I need to be need, need to get yeah. to level 40 in my team or or my career now that the season mode's in there I've, I've got to get the season rewards that can be a lot of fun, but if you are finding that it's more work than enjoyment that's time That's when it's time to, to take a step back and, and there is definitely an obligation I think to move on with the new game every year and, and play the with the latest rosters the new players the new rookies et cetera We've all felt that there's a reason why current roster updates for old games are a thing because we like adding the current NBA, over the years to to a game that we really like that may be outdated in some respects but we can bring it up to date in in others and that's always a fun project it's always going to be a thing in the in our modding community uh, especially but you look at other genres you know there are still people myself included that will go back and play a fallout 3 or fallout new vegas or or fallout 4 or, or 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 other favorites that are years old now or skyrim or or anything you know getting all the Bethesda games out of the way here but whatever the genre GTA of course I mean that's being re-released every generation GTA 5 so it seems third generation in a row without a brand new GTA game but there's no reason we can't go back and enjoy the standout titles the standout basketball games that hold up and we can enjoy even if somebody else doesn't enjoy them that doesn't matter you know don't be beholden to what everybody else is playing if you're enjoying it find the game that you enjoy go back to an old favorite as we do in other genres and if you can find a way to keep playing that years later go for it
1: you know what game i beat last week what's that dragon warrior for nes there you go so that game came out in the 80s um it's called dragon quest in japan um but I I beat Dragon Warrior, it's an RPG, and I moved on and I've been, you know, playing Dragon Warrior 2 this week. And you know why? Because I'm having fun with it, right? Because it's fun and and I don't care about, you know, status around what I play. Like, I don't care if, you know, if somebody asks me, you know, hey, what are you playing, man? Or something like that, I'm not going to just try to give him, like, the newest, coolest title. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just play what I want. And I'm not ashamed to play what I want. So um I think that we need more people like that instead of people feeling pressured to, to get on and pressured to grind and you know you know those people that you know say, Oh, you know what, I have to get on and do this. Those are the same people that go, Oh, I have to spend money to get where I want.
0: Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
1: To be, and that's kind of what 2K depends on, and what all of these companies that put microtransactions in their game and the gambling mechanics and whatnot—they put them in the game, you know, for that crowd, for the crowd that says, "Oh, you know what? I have to spend the money. You know what? I don't have the time. I have to spend the money to get to where I want to be um, in order to have fun with this game." Um, and that's why the grind is designed to be so long.
0: And it clearly is part of the design because look how burned out. I was, slash am, on my career, that I want nothing to do with it in the new games, yet I did go back to 2K14, and over the space of a couple of months, uh, was, played throughout an entire season, an entire rookie season of my career, you know, burned out on that experience as I was, it was fun, That the journey was fun in 2K14. And it hasn't been that way in a while, that it has been pushing towards the grind and those recurrent revenue mechanics. So people would say that it's optional. I know we've covered this before, but it, it bears repeating because the, the rhetoric isn't going anywhere. So let me say once again, it's designed in a way, as you said, to push people towards those microtransactions or to grind heavily in a way that's not as fun as it used to be. And to that point, I love playing 2K14 my career this year. Despite all the burnout I had on the mode, I had so much fun with it because it was a fun journey going from uh, a low rating to into the '80s. Okay, um, I, I think I hit 90 overall by the end of the year. Just the the rate of progression was was just right, just right because it was before they really started pushing hard on the on the recurrent revenue. It was in the game obviously when the servers were up, but it wasn't the the focus, and it wasn't about Crocs. It wasn't about the fit. And, and again, putting out you look at those tweets from five years ago. Uh, we, this isn't a Barbie dress up game. And now we're talking about crocs. I say what a croc, quite frankly.
1: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. You know, maybe we're just old heads. Maybe we're just old heads that don't care about the brand names and, and the crocs and the backpacks and the skate and the skateboards and um you know all of that stuff in the city. But you know, we're not the only ones complaining about this. A lot of the younger crowd is complaining about this too, that it's, you know, a less focus on basketball and that the games are more grindy and everything. I know it's not just us because, sure. I, see all, because I see the cuts on social media and whatnot. So um, I don't think it's that because, because we're old heads. I think that we're being realistic and we're thinking about all um, demographics. So, um, you know, and I hope that when EA Sports... Comes back, and I think they will with the NBA Live series, or if they call it NBA Live anymore, when they come back with you know a simulation basketball title, that they're fair to the gamer and that they focus on the basketball portion and they don't make it grindy and whatnot, because they'll win a lot of
0: people over. Untitled NBA Simulation by EA Sports 2023.
1: The, uh, the catchiest. I mean, I mean, they have the Washington football team <laughs> the catch- right now. The, in catchiest, the NFL.
0: Uh, catchiest title of all. But I think you hit the, the nail on the head there before when you said. That it it just, you know, don't care about what other people think. Seek out that enjoyment and and play what you want to play. And if it's a game that's a few years old, fine. If it's the latest game and you find a way to enjoy that and you, you may still have ideas of how it could get better, but you're still enjoying the experience, that's great too. But don't seek out popularity, status, clout, whatever, you know, buzzword you want to use. Play what appeals to you and what makes you, you know, what brings you joy, what you have fun with on the virtual hardwood. That's what it comes down to. Right, Right, exactly. Play what you enjoy, period. Play what
1: brings you joy. And I think that's what we've been doing this year, and I think that's why the gaming sessions have been so fun.
0: Definitely. And it's what we'll be doing in 2022 as well. And, of course, talking about it here on the NLSC podcast. But with that being said, that has brought us to the end of episode 406 of the NLSC podcast. As always, we thank you for tuning in. We really do appreciate our listeners, each and every one of you. The NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, just to name a few. On those platforms, search for NLSC Podcast, look for our logo, that will be us. These days, you can also tune in on our YouTube channel, or once again, keep streaming on the NLSC. As long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. And we'd also love to connect with you on social media. So Derek, what are your socials and... Any other final words you have for our listeners this week?
1: No, thank you for listening to the LLC podcast. Definitely keep sending me your basketball gaming highlights so I can include them in the top 10 plays of the week. And if you want to rig any polls that I put out, um, just follow Andrew's lead. because He'll, he, uh, he'll <laughs> make sure to, uh, to to rig the vote. I'll tell you how to um, vote,
0: yeah. I'll tell you how to vote. <laughs>
1: yeah, he'll tell you how to vote. Um, you can find me on Twitter at D for three eighty four 84 or at D for three G I am on YouTube at D for three and I'm on the NLSC as a team member D for three.
0: I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC basketball. Our aforementioned YouTube channel is NBA live series center. And of course, give it luck to the NLSC itself, NBA live.com for everything we do basketball video games but yes that's all for this week so thank you once again for tuning in until next time i'm andrew and i'm derek go get buckets everyone